On this week's Nesson Patriots podcast, we weigh the pros and the cons of the Patriots potentially signing Odell Beckham Jr., then break down some superlatives from the first half of New England's 2021 season. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Nesson Patriots podcast. My name is Zach Cox here, as always, with my fellow Patriots beat writer, Dakota Randall. Dakota, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm happy happy to be talking about a Patriots team with a winning record for the first time in over a year, if you can believe that, since last September. So first yeah. time since September 2020, uh, Patriots currently on a three-game win streak, their first three-game win streak since the 2019 season. Uh, they beat the Carolina Panthers 24-6 to uh, down in Charlotte on Sunday, uh, a game that really wasn't even as close as the final score indicated. It was uh, a pretty dominant performance all around from the Patriots, especially from their defense. Uh, we're going to spend today's show uh, mixing things up a little bit rather than breaking down that game in detail. Since this is basically the halfway point of this expanded 17 game season, uh, we're going to take a little bit of time today and sort of take a look back at this first half. Who's surprised us? Who's disappointed us? Who's been uh, kind of some of the Patriots top performers and and then take a look at what we're expecting from the back half of the season from this team. Uh, but before we get into that, uh, we got to address the, the, the news at hand. Odell Beckham, uh, just minutes before we started recording this, he cleared waivers. Uh, he is now free to sign with any team in the NFL. Um, so the Patriots, uh, if they would like to sign Odell Beckham, uh, who obviously was uh, cut loose by the Cleveland Browns the other day, uh, they can. They are in the running. Every team in the NFL is in the running. I know this has been a, a major topic of discussion and debate uh, among Patriots fans and media members uh, over the last couple of days, uh, basically ever since it became clear that Beckham's time with the Browns was nearing its end. And it's, it's pretty easy to see both the pros and the cons of this situation. The pros, even though Beckham has basically been a, a pretty disappointing player over the last couple of years, really never panned out in Cleveland he still has game-breaking superstar potential this is a guy that if he gets put in the right situation he can just absolutely transform an offense uh, everybody saw how talented and, and how effective he was uh, during those superstar seasons with the New York Giants back from uh, I, I believe it was 20 2015 to 2017 or 2014 and 2016 or something like that. Uh, earlier in his career he was one of the NFL's best wide receivers this is a Patriots offense that does not have that elite top tier number one wide receiver. Uh, you can argue whether they need that, whether that's something that uh, they need to have in this offense for them to be fully successful. Uh, I personally don't think it's a dire need to, to improve this wide receiver position. Uh, but then there are some obvious drawbacks just with the way that, that everything has worked out kind of behind the scenes uh, and even sort of from an on-field perspective with Beckham, uh, the, the fractured relationship he had with Baker Mayfield, the did the potential risk of pairing him with a guy like Mac Jones, who obviously uh, seems to be uh, very much on the correct track for the Patriots at the quarterback position. Uh, Dakota, I know that you've written a couple times. You wrote last week that you sort of lean more toward that cons camp that you don't think that bringing in Beckham is a good idea. Now that he is finally a free agent and he is free to sign wherever he wants what's your view of this situation? One, where do you think this, where do you see this ending up? Uh, and where do you think, how do you think the Patriots should proceed now? 
Yeah, I think because this has been a topic now for like almost a week, I've kind of gone back and forth on it a lot. At first, I was really sort of against the idea of, of the Patriots going after Beckham. And I still, I think I ultimately fall in that camp uh, for multiple reasons. One, I think there's the most obvious is, you know, do you want to take the risk of giving Mac Jones that kind of a headache? Um, I mean, Odell Beckham is who he is at this point. He's, he's, he's proven to be, I, I don't think he's the most like obnoxious diva receiver we've ever seen in the NFL, but there definitely is that element. And we've seen some of the reports come out of Cleveland that, uh, you know, the Browns thought Baker Mayfield was better when Odell was out of the lineup because he, he just wasn't worried about that element. Um, that part of Beckham's issues with the Browns were just the situation with the offense, that it was run heavy and that he wasn't seeing a lot of targets. So my thing is, why would he, if, if he didn't like that situation with the five and four Browns, why would he like it with the five and four Patriots where it would be the same thing? Like, I can't see him getting more than five or six targets a game. It's a run first offense. And so I just... I'm sure there would be an element of him. Uh, I don't want to say being a problem because a lot of guys fall in line with the Patriots, but it's just something they'd have to manage. And so the question is, is he worth the headache? And, you know, at first I looked at it and was like, you know, the last time he actually eclipsed the, uh, the 1100 yard mark was in 2016. I think a lot of people forget that, that, it, I mean, he still is talented and explosive, but it's been a long time since he had one of these high end seasons. He had just over a thousand in his first season with the Browns, but yeah, not over 1100 since 2016. So he's not the same player that he once was. He's 29 now coming off a torn ACL. So there are those things to consider, but I think the YOLO in me has come around over the past few days. And, and I, I, I'm, and I'm seeing like, they're just getting nothing out of Nelson Aguilar and I, Jacoby Myers. I, we, I think we all like Jacoby Myers, but he's, he's, he is what he is at this point. He's a number three receiver really. And Kendrick Bourne, I think I, I think Kendrick Bourne is a good player too, but he's a number two, number three receiver at best. And so maybe someone like Odell Beckham would push the offense over the top um, and would help them. And so I, I think I've since come around that if I were the Patriots, I would give it a shot, but I would make sure that Odell Beckham understands like there might be games where we run the whole time and Mac Jones throws 12 times and you don't get a catch and you have to be okay with that. Yeah, the, the lover of chaos in me definitely uh... – would like to see how this whole thing would shake out. And, and obviously the Patriots do have a long history of bringing these type of players in and I don't know, whatever cliche you want to use, getting them to buy in, getting them on the program, whatever. I mean, you go back to Randy Moss, you go back to, to Corey Dillon, uh, a lot of players that were kind of viewed as, as malcontent players or, or guys that were, were causing trouble would come to new England and sort of fall in line and, and become very productive players to the Patriots. Obviously they don't have a hundred percent success rate with that. You, you can name a number of players uh, who fall into that category who, who didn't end up working out for new England, but yeah, it's, it, it seems like something that Bill Belichick wants to do. I, I don't know. I just have it in. I've got, I've got the hunch that Bill Bell, like, You've heard him talk about Odell Beckham in the past. You've heard Odell Beckham talk about about Bill Belichick in the past in these really kind of reverent tones. He really seems to love Bill Belichick. The fact that he was even willing to acknowledge this like a little bit uh, earlier this week when he was asked about it. Uh, I can't remember if it, if it was in his news conference with us or or his radio hit on WEI, but he was more open than I would have expected uh, about kind of the potential benefits and risks of bringing in a, a high caliber player mid season. Uh, also notable that Mac Jones, when he was on the radio uh, the other day said he wouldn't be opposed at all to the Patriots adding Odell Beckham. So uh, again, it'll be interesting to see how this all shakes out. 
We don't know when this is going to happen. A report from Josina Anderson uh, just now indicated that Beckham is going to take his time. Um, So who knows? By the time you listen to this, he could have already signed somewhere, uh, or this could be a situation where he sort of weighs his options for a couple of days. But uh, certainly would be a uh, about as marquee of a midseason addition that the Patriots could make uh, ahead of their game against his former team, the Cleveland Browns, uh, who they will play this weekend. Uh, On that note, let's get into our first half Patriots review. Uh, Again, as you mentioned, Patriots currently sitting at five and four. Uh, They're riding a three game win streak. If the season ended today, they would finish in seventh place uh, with the third and final wildcard spot in the AFC in the AFC rather. uh, And they would be a playoff team. Also, they're only a half game back of the Buffalo Bills in the AFC standings, which uh, is personally a a pretty significant surprise to me. uh, And I know a a pretty significant surprise to a lot of people who have viewed the Buffalo Bills as probably the the Super Bowl favorite in the AFC. Uh, Still a long way to go, obviously, in, in both of those playoff races. But looking back now, we'll start with with the big award. We'll start with MVP. Uh, And I think we both have the same answer for this one. I think there's really only one obvious choice for MVP uh, and that's Matt Judon. I mean, Dakota, I'll let you start on this one. Yeah, it is Matt Judon for me. I just think he's been your most impactful player on defense and, and with the way this team is constructed or just with the way they've played in the first half, the offense has taken a while to get going this, you know, sort of work in progress with the rookie quarterback and, the Patriots spent a lot of money on defense. So we knew that the defense was going to have to lead the way. And they've definitely had times where they haven't played very well, but they've played better recently. And on the whole have been an above average defense. And he, and it's largely because of him. I mean, he, uh, he has 44 total pressures this season on the quarterback. He had 39 all of last season. So he's <laughs> having an incredible year for him. Uh, those uh, 44 pressures actually ranked fourth in the NFL. He's tied for third in sacks with 10 and third in hurries with 29. Uh, so he's just, I mean, he, he leads the Patriots in all pass rushing stats, basically with Christian Barmore second oftentimes. And so, I mean, he's been excellent for them um, basically every single week. And also just the energy that he's brought to the defense uh, and from all accounts in the locker room as well. Um, yeah. I think he's for me, a, a pretty clear choice for MVP to this point. Yeah. Those stats you mentioned, he's also fifth in the league in tackles for loss Uh, and ranks in the top 10 in quarterback hits as well. This has been a slam dunk signing for the Patriots. Uh, It it was one that I know a lot of people, I don't know if question, they they weren't as skeptical about this one as they were maybe about the Nelson Aguilar signing, but it's a lot of money to to give to a guy, uh, especially since a lot of these, this is a move that the Patriots don't really make. It had been a very long time since they brought in a a big money, high-priced pass rusher from outside the organization and, and paid him, uh, even remotely this much money, but Judon is, has paid off in every way so far. He's been super productive on the field. Uh, he seems to be having a great impact in the locker room uh, from, from a culture standpoint, uh, from a leadership standpoint. Uh, and uh, I'm sure the Patriots are, are, are very pleased that they, they now have him on their team. Uh, and if you look at just it, again, from a statistical spec- perspective, he's on pace to have the best season by a pass rusher, in the Bill Belichick era. Uh, and if he keeps up his current pace, he'll, he will most likely finish as maybe the, uh, the second or third best pass rushing season ever by a Patriots player behind some of those uh, seasons by Andre Tippett back in the eighties. So uh, again, this has been a, uh, he's a guy who 
consistently impacts the game basically on a week in week, week out about week in week out basis. Um, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Uh, I believe it was last week. Sometimes he's so disruptive that you don't even realize he's being disruptive just because he's in the backfield so much. So uh, I think that's the, a, a pretty obvious choice for this award, but uh, we can shout out some, some honorable mentions, maybe some, some unsung hero types. Uh, uh, Dakota, who would you have in, in that, that MVP shortlist for you? Yeah. And just one more note on Matthew Judon. I think he's at, he's very clearly proven himself to be a better linebacker for agency signing than Adelius Thomas. <laughs> yeah. Who was basically the last time they, they brought in somebody of this caliber. Yeah. It's, it's certainly right. worked out a little bit better so far. I think of anybody else who really, I guess, Roosevelt Colvin, you could throw into that category. Um, yeah. Not the same kind of player, but a, a big free agent linebacker that the Patriots went after. But yeah, Judon's been one of the better free agent signings so far that we've seen in a while. But for me, for runner-ups for MVP, uh, Damian Harris, um, and especially if I'm going to give an offensive MVP, it would be to him. Um, I just think pound for pound, he's been your best offensive player this season. Uh, he's emerged as one of the, in my opinion, like right around like top 10-ish running backs in the league, one of the very best young running backs for sure. He's kind of emerged as a leader too, it seems, um, and uh, which I think has been big with, with James White going down. Um, just he runs hard every week. He's tough. Um, he's really, he's, I think he's gotten faster. At least that's what it seems like to me watching him this season compared to last. Um, and he's just, he's been awesome. He's been really good. And also I would add JC Jackson as a runner up for me, just because I, and not because like I, I'm surprised that he's been this good, but you know, he's basically performed it right around, I think a pro bowl level, if not better. And for a team that didn't have Stefan Gilmore this year and is as thin as they are at cornerback him performing at that level it has been huge because if he wasn't, or if he wasn't available, who knows what it would look like back there. So he, uh, yeah, he definitely deserves some praise too. Yeah, definitely two, uh, two worthy candidates there. I'd also throw age, throw Adrian Phillips in there. Yeah. I, I think he, if I had to pick a single kind of unsung hero for this team, I think it would be Phillips. He's just been super steady on that back end uh, at the safety position, really able to play a little bit more safety this year than last year when he was essentially a full-time linebacker uh, just because of the way that the Patriots roster was constructed back then. But he's really been probably their most consistent defensive back all the way back uh, to the start of training camp. Uh, and I'm just looking up the, uh, the PFF grades right now. He's the uh, sixth highest graded safety in the wow. NFL on PFF obviously had that huge game against the chargers a couple of weeks ago with the, uh, the two interceptions and the pick six. So uh, I think he's definitely deserving of some recognition there and maybe some players who don't quite elevate to that level, uh, but maybe deserve some, some shout outs. I think Joan Bentley has played a lot better this year. Um, and I also think Hunter Henry has been a really big, um, had a really big impact, at least in the last couple of weeks. I know the overall stats aren't really there. The overall kind of um, receptions and receiving yard stats, uh, but the fact that he's had a touchdown in five of the last six games really solved some of the, those red zone issues for the Patriots. Uh, I definitely think he's been a, a very valuable player for this offense. Uh, next category, biggest surprise. Um, this could be either positive or negative. Um, biggest surprise, Dakota, what, what would you say for this? Well, and as someone, honestly, who I think you could make a case uh, or just put in the MVP conversation is Christian Barmore. Yeah. I think because he's a rookie, we sort of have this inclination to throw them in the surprise category or, or um, not underdog, but just, you know, generally you, you act like you're surprised about it and no one wants to put them in the MVP section, but he's been that good, especially uh, him and Matt Judon really have developed a great sort of pass rushing tandem together. Um, but just 
The surprise element of it for me is just that he's been this good, this fast for the Patriots. I think he had a good preseason. He had a good training camp. And I think it looked like he was going to have a decent role in this team at the very least as a sub rusher, like an Adam Butler or something like that. Um, but he's now kind of turned into an every down player for them. And is it's just it's the role that he's carved out and just how much they lean on him. It's just so atypical for the Patriots with defensive rookies, especially. Um, and you can just hear what the coaches talk about him and Bill Belichick after the game on Sunday when asked about him was yeah. really, you know, spoke glowingly about the work ethic that he's put in since he came in. And um, it's just obviously a lot of people missed on that draft pick. I know there were there were all these sort of rumors about maturity concerns for him coming out of Alabama, which is why he slipped. Um, but by all accounts, ever since he got with the Patriots, he's been great in the locker room and worked really hard. And he's just been, you know, I really great player for them. And the fact that he's done all of this so early in his career, I think has been just a really pleasant surprise and an important surprise too. Certainly. Yeah. He's, he's had uh, led all Patriots defensive linemen in snaps played each of the last three games seems to be kind of on this continuous upward trajectory. Uh, and I mean, by the end of the season, he could be getting close to not quite an every down player, but he's, he's already playing up around, uh, I believe it's like 65, 68% of defensive snaps uh, over these last few games. So uh, you can only expect his role to grow if he keeps playing the way he has. Uh, also a player, too, that dealt with some injuries during camp. Uh, he kind of yeah. struggled to stay on the field a little bit. Um, sort of seemed like a situation where you didn't know if that was going to be something that that held him back in his rookie year, whether it's going to be kind of a year where he shows some promise, but it's banged up and, and isn't really maybe similar to, to like a Josh Uche last year where kind of injuries prevented him from really reaching that ceiling that people saw for him. Uh, but that hasn't been the case at all um, since, since the first few weeks of the season. So certainly a, uh, a, a definite building block in that Patriots defense. My surprise, I'm going to go with the Patriots other top draft pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Mac Jones. Uh, I know we all liked what we saw from him this summer. Uh, but even if we, I guess if we go back pre-draft or till the moment when I first really started thinking about this quarterback class for the Patriots. I just, I didn't think Mac Jones was, I thought drafting Mac Jones in the first round would have been crazy. Just, uh, I remember writing about it right after the, the national championship game, just saying, yeah, this, this guy's got talent. He's, he's clearly kind of got a lot of the things that you like from the Patriots, but uh, do you really want to use a first round pick on the fifth best quarterback in a given draft class in the 15th overall pick at that? I don't know. I just think that's a little bit of an overreach and obviously he's, he's proven me and proven a lot of other uh, uh, detractors wrong so far uh, has been far from perfect. We've definitely seen some hiccups from him, uh, especially in these last couple of games. Uh, I don't think he was dominant by any means uh, against the chargers or the Panthers, but when you just look at his rookie season on the whole, it's shaping up to be one of the better rookie seasons that we've seen from a rookie quarterback in a long time. Uh, and the fact that he's able to, to, to lead this team back into kind of playoff contention and just the simple fact that you're not seeing him lose games for this team, even though, again, he has some made some mistakes. He had the two turnovers last week. Uh, he's had some communication issues that he's talked about. Um, it's a situation where he's going to have to kind of continue to, to stack these days, as he loves to say, and, and, and improve over the course of the season. But the fact that he's already where he is right now, uh, I think is, is definitely surprising for me and is, is a significant reason why the Patriots are where they're at right now. Yeah, definitely. And I think kind of to your, what you were saying about um, 
the buzz around him after the national championship game and before the draft. I think just part of it was, and it's just kind of like how players are evaluated these days. People are slaves to sort of the eye popping talent. And when you just put him up against Trey Lance, who has all these sort of electric traits and Zach Wilson, who people call the Mormon Mahomes and Trevor Lawrence, who obviously has been the top prospect forever. Um, and then Justin Fields, who had that great game for Ohio state. And is a similarly exciting player. Then you look at Mac Jones, who's just like, you know, kind of is just a, your typical pocket quarterback had that picture of him that, you know, made, made the rounds. And so I think it's a lot of people weren't jazzed up about it, but in reality, as we've seen, he was arguably the most pro ready prospect and uh, yeah, he's, he's had a great season. I think, you know, relatively speaking, I do have some concerns now that maybe he's hitting the rookie wall. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see in the next few weeks, what it looks like. Maybe he just needs to get to a buy like the rest of the team, but all in all, yeah, the Patriots have to be thrilled with, with uh, where Mac Jones is at. Other side of the coin, biggest disappointment so far. Yeah, I, I got a few, but the biggest one really is Isaiah Wynn for me. Just that, and I, I don't know if he's been quite as bad as he, as people sort of treat him online or as he gets talked about um, in, in media um, or on the radio specifically, but he definitely hasn't been good. And he, uh, he's, I would say he's been on the whole below average. And I just, the Patriots gave uh, the exercise, the fifth year option on him. I have to wonder at this point, if they're regretting that um, a lot, a lot of us seem to think that if Trent Brown does come back, you know, Isaiah Wynn is somebody that could get squeezed out, either benched or kicked to guard. I don't really know how that's going to resolve itself. Um, but just between letting up a lot of pressures um, and, you know, he's had a lot of ill-timed penalties this season. It just hasn't been, this was a big, we all talked going into the year that it was a big season for him where he had to establish himself as a franchise left tackle. Uh, and it just definitely hasn't happened by any measure. So he's the top disappointment for me. Uh, I would add Kyle Van Noy into that. I just thought he'd have more of an impact than he has. I don't think he's been bad per se, but he definitely wasn't, isn't as good as he was the last time he was here in 2019. Um, just hasn't really made a huge impact, at least in, in my opinion. And also Jake Bailey, I think the punter, uh, I just, for a team like the Patriots with the offense where it's at field position is huge for them. And he's had a lot of punts this season that either went into the end zone or were really short at poor times. And he's normally one of the better punters in football. So it's just been, a surprisingly or disappointingly average season for him. Yeah, with Win, I thought it, it looked like he might have been turning a corner in that first full game he had back from the COVID list. Uh, I can't remember which game that was. I think it was the um, I think it was the Jets game, maybe the second Jets game, or it might have been. I don't think it was the Cowboys game. Whatever game that was, he played really well, and it's sort of you're like, all right, well, maybe he just kind of needed some time to work through th through some things. Uh, but he's had some issues, as you mentioned, again, in the last couple of games. Uh, he had a, a false start on Sunday, was involved in that uh, Mac Jones strip sack. Uh, it didn't look like he was completely and solely to blame for that, but he was certainly kind of in the vicinity and, and part of the uh, equation that was supposed to block Brian Burns on that play. So, yeah, yeah, on, on the whole, far from dominant performance from, from Isaiah Wynn and, and certainly, uh, I would say, disappointing um, for, for your starting left tackle. Uh, my disappointment's been Jonu Smith. Um, this was a guy that I was pretty excited about over the summer just to see what he would he would be able to do in this Patriots offense. You saw how good he was on some of those catch and run plays um, uh, when he was with the, the Tennessee Titans, uh, whether those were screens, whether those were straight handoffs. They, they really just kind of put the ball in his hands and, and let him go to work. You really haven't seen all that much of that from him this season. Uh, 
you can probably count on one hand hand the number of true kind of game breaking plays he's had. Uh, and the majority of those came um, early in that game a couple of weeks ago that he ended up leaving with a shoulder injury, uh, aggravated that shoulder injury again uh, on, on Sunday against the Panthers. Just overall, I mean, you look at his overall stats through nine games, he has 21 catches, 193 yards, one touchdown. It just really hasn't been much of a factor in the passing game, even on those plays that are very clearly drawn up for him. Uh, you see a lot of those screens just kind of get stuffed for, for two or three yards. Um, and the fact that he has been used a lot more as a run blocker um, with Hunter Henry taking a lot more of those, those passing snaps. It's just been, it's been an underwhelming start, I would say, for one of the, the Patriots kind of marquee free agents and a guy that a lot of people were excited about to see in this offense. Yeah. And he was, if I'm, if I recall the first free agent signing of like that whole spending spree that they went on that made people get excited, like, Oh, Patriots are spending money. Like that's a big weapon for them. And I think it, it just, it hasn't really just, it hasn't looked right all season. He hasn't looked comfortable. It's looked awkward. He's made some weird mistakes. Obviously that tipped ball that was returned for uh, an interception for a touchdown against the saints was a low point for him. So at this point, I think you just have to hope that obviously hope that it gets better in the second half, but also that maybe this, he's just kind of a, an example of one of these players that comes in, takes him a, a while to get up to speed in the Patriots offense. It might be a lot for him to take on and he just needs a full season to get comfortable and then comes back next year and is better because uh, he's making a lot of money. So he's going to have to play better at some point here, but yeah, it's just, it, it, it hasn't been good so far this season and, and it's definitely been a disappointment. I'd say. Looking forward now, biggest concern over these final over over this back half of the season over these final eight games for the Patriots eight games right I, I can never it's going to take me years to get this 17 eight. game schedule down in my mind but yes yeah. eight eight games remaining for the Patriots biggest concern for this team uh as they make a push for the playoffs yeah for me considering that I, I just think I think the offense continue continues to get better it's kind of plateaued a little bit these last two weeks but in general uh, I have hope that they're going to be uh, an above average good offense for the rest of the way. But I still think regardless of that, that the defense is going to have to lead the way for the entire season, that they're going to have to set the tone uh, and be the Patriots best unit. And I think they have the talent to do it. And they've shown the last few weeks that they, they are perfectly capable of doing that. But part of me worries that, you know, this, the, the defense that we saw in 2019, the boogeyman that once it got to a certain point in the season, they, uh, they seem to really fell off. They, seem to all get tired at the same time and a lot of those players are back on this defense and they're a couple of years older and there are some younger players sure there's Barmore and, and Matthew Judon it's not an entire replica of that 2019 team but you just wonder if at some point um, the defense is gonna not, not fall apart but just sort of come back down to earth like it did in 2019 and they just can't afford that to happen because I just don't think the offense is good enough to overcome it the defense for the most part is going to have to be as good for the rest of the season as it's been the last couple of weeks. And I just have concerns that, you know, an, the older players on the defense um, won't be able to hold up the rest of the way, uh, but hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. I do still view that secondary, especially the cornerback position as a little bit of a house of cards. It just seems still seems fragile. It's still the same issues that we've been talking about for weeks now from, from a depth perspective. Uh, I think that's why you're seeing them kind of use a lot more zone coverage lately than, than we're used to seeing. They just don't really have, the have the horses in there to to play man coverage all game and lock down these kind of top end receivers uh but they've been so successful with with their front seven and their pass rush in the last couple of weeks 
that it hasn't really mattered. But if you hit some games later in the year where maybe the pass rush isn't isn't causing as much disruption as it as it has been able to in these last couple of games, can those cornerbacks hold up uh, against maybe one of the one of the more explosive offenses? Uh, so that that certainly is a concern moving forward for me. I I'm concerned and questioning, I guess, whether the Patriots uh, sort of what their ceiling is with the passing game that they currently have, um, because that's that's kind of the, the blueprint for this team. Now, it's it's pretty clear they're going to run the ball a lot. They're going to run the ball. Well, they're going to play good defense. They're going to force turnovers. Uh, they're going to play well on special teams, get good field position. And Mac Jones is going to do enough to help them win. He, he's going to make those key throws when he needs to those key contributions when he's asked to. But if there's a game late in the season, say they're in Buffalo uh, in week 13, Monday night, the run game just isn't working for whatever reason. Uh, they have had some, they do have some injuries now too. So that could be a factor moving forward in, in that backfield, but say for whatever reason, they just can't run the ball. Can Mac Jones kind of put the team on his back, so to speak, and, and lead a, a, fourth quarter comeback with his arm throwing the ball we've seen him kind of have some of these key drives to sort of solidify wins he had a really good one against the chargers a couple of weeks ago to kind of lock down that victory but we haven't seen him lead a, a fourth quarter comeback to to win a game against a quality team like that he almost did it against the dallas cowboys a couple of weeks back uh, but he also did have that pick six during that span too, which kind of hurt their chances there as well. So I don't think the Patriots need to be the, the old Kansas city chiefs to, to win. I don't think they need to have one of the most explosive passing attacks in the NFL. Uh, I don't think they're going to have one of the most explosive passing, passing attacks in the NFL, just given the kind of the personnel and, and what we've seen from them so far. But when you do come down to those moments, can Mac Jones and that passing game deliver for this offense when maybe some of those other factors aren't uh aren't operating at full speed that that's a big question i have with this team over these last couple of weeks yeah i i, I do too and i just kind of going back to what i said earlier i do have some some concerns that maybe he is hitting something like the rookie wall um i mean i do think that's a real thing and i just if you look at it he's played nine regular season games he's played three preseason games so that's 12 count the whole training camp and everything. So he's at 12 games, 13 after this weekend. That's more than he played in a season in Alabama. It's the NFL. It's not college. And at Alabama too, he had a couple uh, sort of baked in big breaks that they had. A lot of those games were blowouts that didn't really require much of him. So it's just, it's, it's this is a more physically taxing deal and it's going to be a longer season than anything he's used to. And so you just wonder if he's starting to get tired a little bit. Maybe he just has to get to the bye. The, the Thursday night game kind of functions as a, as a mini buy too. Maybe that'll help. But that's one thing I'm going to be looking for as the season goes on to see, does Mac Jones look tired? Is he sort of plateauing? Because um, I do think it's, it's a legitimate concern. And certainly worth noting that the Patriots are one of four teams that have the latest possible buy this season. They don't get their buy until week 14, uh, yeah. which is December 12th. So that, that's a lot of football to play before you get that weekend off. Uh, but as you mentioned, they do play Thursday night next week. So they'll get a little, little mini break in between that. Uh, we'll close out here with grand predictions, predictions for this Patriots team. As, as I mentioned off the top, they currently occupy the third and final wildcard spot in the AFC. And they are a half game back of the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East with two games against Buffalo still to come in weeks 13 and 16. So Dakota 
in your crystal ball, where do you see the Patriots uh, finishing this season? Uh, I don't know if it's more of a bold prediction or a prediction that I truly believe in, but I, I am starting to come around to the idea of them winning the AFC East. The path is definitely there. I mean, they're in control of their destiny. If they win out, they win the AFC East. I don't, that's probably not going to happen, but it's there for them if they want it. Um, and I just think I, I hope I, I don't think I would not be surprised at all if the Patriots win both of those games against the bills. I mean, I think the bills last season were a far better team than they are so far this, this year. And the Patriots almost went into Buffalo and beat them. They should have won that game if Cam Newton didn't fumble near the goal line at the very end. And then the Pats got blown out in New England, but the season was kind of over at that point. So I just think the Patriots are perfectly capable of going into Buffalo and winning that game. And I, they should also be capable of winning in Foxborough. Um, and if you win both of those, even if you split them, there's still a path. But Buffalo just needs to lose one more game. Um, so I just, yeah, I, and I, I, I don't like the way the Bills – looked against the Jaguars losing that game is pretty alarming. It makes me think they're more than capable of having another stinker or two here the rest of the way. And if that happens, the door opens wide for the Patriots to win the division. And uh, I, I I'm, I'm calling it. I think they're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, definitely some concerns about Josh Allen uh, in Buffalo. He had a really bad game against Jacksonville the other day. And overall this season has not been the MVP candidate that he was last season. And I think that's definitely uh, been holding back the bills a little bit. I, I'm not going to predict the AFC cha- AFC East championship yet. I would not be surprised at, at this point if that does happen, but I think they can split those games against the bills. But if you look at the, the bills upcoming schedule, they still got to play the jets twice, which I mean, nothing's guaranteed as we saw this past weekend in Jacksonville, but those should be wins for the, uh, for the bills on, on the whole, their remaining schedule is a little bit easier, a little bit softer than the Patriots, even though the Patriots do have a buy um, in there and the bills already have had their buy. I'm predicting wild card for the Patriots. Uh, I, I think they, they take it down until the end of the season, maybe finish a game or two behind the bills, uh, get the first or second wild card spot in the AFC and then be, I mean, another cliche alert, be a team that nobody is going, going to want to play in the playoffs. Right. If they've, if they keep performing the way they have in the last couple of weeks, but they really don't have a ton of room for error still, even though they are in a playoff position right now, you just look at the AFC right now and there are nine teams that have exactly five wins, uh, including both the Patriots and the bills. Uh, So this could be a situation where half of those teams kind of start to suck over the next couple of weeks, they fall off and then the Patriots can rise up. Or if you're the Patriots, you have one kind of momentary slump, you lose two straight games you could wake up the next morning and then you're 12th in the conference and kind of having to claw your way back up over the chiefs and the Browns and the chargers and, and all of these teams. So it, it's still a, a kind of, th- there's no room for the Patriots to relax certainly in this, um, in this playoff race. Um, it's obviously going to be very interesting to see how this all shakes out, but overall on the whole, I would say the optimism surrounding this Patriots team is uh, improved about 20 fold. Uh, since we talked in, in week five or six. So again, Patriots certainly, uh, certainly capable of, of making the playoffs and making some noise once they get there. Um, that will do it for this week's edition of the Nesson Patriots podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Zach Cox Nesson. You can follow Dakota at Dak Randall Nesson. Uh, you can follow along with all of our Patriots coverage at Nesson.com and be sure to tune into our Nesson pregame chat which we will be filming from Gillette Stadium uh, before Sunday's matchup between the Patriots and the Cleveland Browns. See you guys next week.